Hi everyone, welcome back to the Knock on My Podcast. I'm your host, Sal, and I'm here with my co-host, Cruz. Were you going to say my name? Yes, I don't know why I keep doing that. <laughs> uh, we're going to be talking about horror video games. Yes, some juegos videos that are horror themed. Yeah, and uh, we're going to start things off with Cruz. I'm going to yeah. be a gentleman. <laughs> Yeah, uh, one of the one of my favorite ones. We actually went over it a couple of weeks ago, so I'm not going to hang on it for too long. But one of the best horror games that I've ever played, Eternal Darkness: Sanity's Requiem, and that was a game that was incredibly Lovecraft based, like to the point where like there's there's a little bit of like uh, Charles Dexter Ward in there. There's a little bit of uh, Dream Quest of Unknown Cadeth in there. Like there's there's a lot of Lovecraft that's pulled into this story. But the big draw to it was the sanity effects, the the way the game would fuck with you. You'd enter a door and the whole level would be upside down or you'd hear crying or the walls would start bleeding or some of my favorite ones, uh, the volume would shoot up like crazy. Your TV would blue screen and you'd be like, ah, shit, did the game just break? Or... Uh, you'd get a notification saying that your memory was wiped or yeah. a file corrupted or something. Little things that would that would freak you out as a gamer, not necessarily out of fear, but yeah. out of like panic of like, oh no, my system's fucking up. And then the game would just go back to normal and occasionally would laugh. So like just that vibe of like, yeah, fuck you, I got you. Yeah was great and then also just all the sanity effects like you would you would hear scratching on walls in areas where there were no walls to hear scratching on or like water dripping or occasionally get enemies that weren't even there because like you you'd see them walking towards you and then you'd move towards them to attack them it completely disappear and then it's like oh cool yeah. or sometimes the dead version of a character you played before would just pop up and then you're like oh fuck what's going on and so it's just a whole lot of confusion I really want to know how many people actually played the game back in the day than people who watch a video talking about it. Because that's how I experienced the game is a guy was like, this is what the game was about and this is what it'll do to you. And I was like, that's pretty cool. I'm pretty sure I would have liked it more if I did not know about that and just played it myself. But I know it came out for the GameCube and PlayStation 2. Yeah, it came out in like 2001, I think. Because we got it for Christmas alongside like... It was like Star Wars Rogue Squadron or something. And then like, I don't know, a handful of other things. But it was one of those things where, uh, because we got it as a gift from my dad. Mm -hmm. My dad very clearly got the game for himself Mm because he's always liked playing video games. But it was one of those things where it's like, oh, where it's Christmas. We're going to get the kids (laughs) the GameCube and some gifts. Yeah. My dad was always the one too, right? We'd get a game that we liked that we were all excited for. We could not play it week one because my dad was playing it week one. And then when he Damn. was done with it, all right, kids, you can play it now. And he would always tell us, well, I have to check the game for content to make sure. <laughs> but at the same time, he let me play God of War. Yeah. Where you have like mini games where you're fucking people. So clearly it was an excuse not, you know, mm-hmm. but he did that with that game. But that was one of those things where it was like he clearly he used to work at Circuit City before it fucking died he, i assume he heard about it from a co-worker or from something they used to stock the video games there so yeah something about it interested him and then he was like the kids would love this game and then <laughs> bought it and then played it and almost immediately was like kids kids come here you gotta see what this game is doing and we would see my dad play it and like creepy shit would happen in a level and then we'd go play it and it wouldn't happen in that level yeah. And so we'd go, oh, maybe the game did just screw up for him. And then, nope, 
it turns out there's like, there are preset areas where it'll happen, but it doesn't happen every time in that area. The next time you play it, it might happen further down on the level or you can play through that level and it'll be fine. And and so there's like a little bit of like randomness to it that mm-hmm. makes all those things uh, a little bit more fun to come across and also a little bit more like nerve wracking because because you're like, oh, I know this game does this, but also maybe this is not what's going on. Maybe maybe something did screw up. Yeah, I wonder in, in Japan when it came out, if anyone was telling a story like a developer died and their spirit is haunting the game. <laughs> Because that Dude, sounds like a, if, that would be a yes. good marketing But, thing. like, if it, it was a little, it was, like, six years too early for a creepypasta. Yeah, sure. But if it hit around that 100%, they'd be like, mm-hmm. no, the game is haunted. This is, like, that haunted Pokemon game. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, it was, it, it, the vibe for that game was amazing. Uh, a lot of what they did. Definitely, it had definitely influenced a lot of games going forward, games like Amnesia, games like Penumbra, mm-hmm. where there's like a, a bit of like, oh, the more you see, actually, it in a way, it even sort of influenced the Friday the 13th game, because there were, there there's definitely that aspect of like, if you're in the dark for too long, if you see things a little bit too creepy, mm, yeah. your character gets more scared, and the sc- more scared your character gets, the less you're able to control them. Yeah, because them. it it would do that thingy where it's like, okay, you might have them run in a direction, but the character's scared, so maybe every once in a while they'll stop and freak out a little bit, or mm-hmm. or go a direction you didn't want them to. Like I don't know how they programmed that shit, but that was smart, and it, clearly it held out for a very long time. You still see games coming out that are like, you know, it, it, even if they're not spiritual successors to Eternal Darkness, they pull a lot of those yeah. ideas into it. I think the, what you're saying is the insanity thing yes. really is what propelled the... That's what stayed around because, like you said, Amnesia, a game mm-hmm. that I like to play, that's one of the big components is yep. not only your health, but your insanity. And then there's other games like any of the Cthulhu games. Mm-hmm. That plays a big part of it too. And then even um, as modern as Bloodborne. Yep. In Bloodborne, the more Elric shit that you see... Elric. Yeah. The more like tentacles you start popping up around the map, and it's just like, what the fuck? Yeah. And I think that's also how you're supposed to get one of the endings, is if you have like maxed out of it. And obviously, Lovecraft influence, that is a big part of it because, I mean, the sanity thing was present in not all of Lovecraft's work. Uh, the first few things that he wrote, not as much. Like maybe like after The White Ship or, um, no, yeah. I think it was after he wrote The White Ship is when he was really like, because that was the first story about the guys on the boat who go to like a bunch of different dreamlands and they're like, don't get yeah. off the boat. You may not be able to get back on. There's spooky things that will make you crazy. It, it, that was like the transition between him just being like, I'm going to write spooky stories that are vaguely racist because they're about people I don't like to I'm going to write about things that are actually kind of creepy. Yeah. And so um, once he started doing that, the sanity thing really started uh, coming into play. And that was the thing that Eternal Darkness pulled from. And mm-hmm. they, they made it work so that I don't, I guess, spoil too much of what's going on if you do want to play. It. Because it is still, if, you're, if you've got a PC, go on Steam. It's right there. You, yeah. can, you can still play the game. And, you know, controls are a bit older, but you can modify the controls, make it a little bit more comfortable for you to play. It revolves around this girl named Alex Royvis. Basically, she gets a call from a detective saying that her uncle was found dead. And she needs to go and identify the body. Mm-hmm. And so she goes to his gigantic manor in the middle of, of New England. Very, very, very Lovecraft. Very. And uh, not only is he horribly dead, 
he's he's not just like oh he's got 32 stab wounds to the back of the head like he is a lump of meat and uh through her sort of investigating this this house after the police have left and cleaned everything up and she's trying to figure out because obviously he died so she's been gifted all of his stuff that's how these stories go mm-hmm. and she has to figure out what exactly happened to her uncle and that's that's where i'm gonna leave that at because uh quite frankly if i kept talking about this it's a very long it's a very long game with about eight different characters in it if i started talking about it in detail right now i would get done maybe like two hours yeah uh going from your ending to it to my beginning that's how amnesia starts off with you just wake up and ran the mass castle being like what am I doing here? There's a note that just tells you to get out of the castle. And then from there, you just make your way out. And as you're playing through the game, you find out <clears throat> what's going on. Yeah. There is a thing that is chasing you and you have to run away from it. You have to make sure you're not in the dark for too long or your insanity goes up and then you just have a heart attack and die. It's not even like you become a danger to yourself. It's just like, yeah, you're, you can't handle the stress. Yep. Which is how some people do go out they just yeah can't handle something like there's a fucking spider i'm literally gonna die and then they die mm-hmm. but uh that style of game is what i enjoyed it the amnesia game where it's like you have to run you cannot fight they they don't give you any kind of weapons to fight you can if you even look at the creature you start your character goes even crazier faster because it's like what the fuck is that thing mm-hmm and I do like how it wasn't what started the genre, but I feel like it what is one of the ones that like helped propel the the type of genre, like the chase and hide, or yeah, the run and hide, not chase, because you're not chasing the monster. Yeah, because I mean, there was Penumbra that came before it from from I believe the same development team, mm-hmm. but uh, even that one was kind of kind of niche, and it wasn't until Amnesia really st- really started taking off, but also heavily because of the YouTube space of, yes. of Let's Players, mm-hmm. like Markiplier, playing the game and being like, hello, 10-year-olds watching this video, look at this spooky game. And then suddenly a bunch of clones started popping up as well. Yeah. you. Some of them are good. The, you have the Outlast yeah. series. Outlast which, is a pretty good clone. Yeah. It gets weird. There's, there's a lot of penises. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of dicks just hanging yeah. out. But um, you can also tell like that one's Lovecraft inspired because the first game you're in an asylum. It's it's a very much like an Arkham Asylum type mm-hmm. situation. And, and Arkham not, Asylum is in yeah the Lovecraft Arkham, not, not Batman. the Batman Arkham. Yeah, I hate which, that. Which was also inspired by Arkham. Mm-hmm. Asylum from Lovecraft. Yeah, I hate that but... though. People just think you say Arkham or Arkham Asylum, and it's just like Batman. No, it's not Batman. <laughs> but I mean, I think that that speaks more to how few people are aware of what Lovecraft is. That's true. Uh, Obviously, but... Batman is fucking ubiquitous. Yeah, but, but Lovecraft is maybe a little bit more of a of a niche thing. So people hear Arkham Asylum and they. They go to the thing that's the most familiar to them, which is yeah. Batman. They're not aware. They're like Joker, where? Yeah, they're not aware that that is a reference to mm-hmm. Lovecraft. Yeah. And then the other clones, you um, you have um, Layers of Fear, mm-hmm. which plays more like Amnesia. Again, you wake up in a random castle, but there's like a bunch of paintings, and they go from regular looking paintings to like more creepy looking paintings, just like what the fuck is going on. Which, may I remind you, also huge Lovecraft influence because a lot of that was pulled mm-hmm. from Pikmin's model. Yeah. Pikmin's model, and then I believe... uh. 
Was it unnameable? I'm not too sure. But um, yeah, I like the chase genre. I like the fact that's the only to me is like the only way to play like an actual horror game is when you cannot fight back because as soon as they give you the opportunity to fight back, then it's not that scary anymore. Yeah. Because um, what's it called? The Slender. Slender game is also another one where it's just like you running and collecting pages. Well, depending on which one you play, because I know the Slender, the arrival isn't different. Like there's a different way to get the ending. Yeah, well, Slender is just straight up like Slender the Eight Pages, I believe mm-hmm. is what it's called. The, that was like the original. Yeah, original. you just walk around in a forest picking up pages. Uh, and I think and you there's, still there's die. There's one guy, which is Slenderman. And then in the second one, there's Slenderman. And the second, also very dangerous villain, Katie. Is that what the Slender the Arrival is? Yeah, uh, who is the protagonist of... Uh, the eight pages. Turns out you've been playing a girl named Katie the entire time. Damn. Yeah. I wonder why Slenderman's been chasing you. I don't know. <laughs> Just wants to smash. <laughs> <laughs> so, it, technically speaking, the the canon ending to Slender the Eight Pages is that he catches you. Yes. Because he turns you into the villain in what was the other one? Slender the Rival. The Rival. God, Slenderman as like a as like a fun, popular meme monster really died after those two girls stabbed another girl. Yes, they they stabbed her. What was it like eight times? Yeah, and she crawled out of the bathroom. Yep, and then made it to the police or yep. home or something. And I mean, they, it's very. She crawled to safety as yeah, like an eleven year old. Yeah, that eleven year old's tougher than most people I know. Yeah, that. But I mean. Yeah, he became less of a fun monster after that. Yeah. So tying back into amnesia, that's sort of the reason why you're hiding is like you want to know why you're in this castle and you're wondering why you need to get out of it. And as you play the game, you you find out stuff. But um, I do enjoy that kind of horror game where you have no weapons, you have to run, you have to hide. And if you see the monster, that's almost game over already. You got to restart from checkpoint. Usually seeing the monsters makes them more aggressive towards you. Mm-hmm. Now that we've talked about some of the games that we like and the genres that we like, we got to talk about the, the big guy. Actually, uh-huh. before that, there is one thing I want to mention. Uh-huh. You mentioned this is one of the games that really popularized that style of gameplay. Yeah. And it is. But these games came uh, around, I believe... 2007 would have been Penumbra. I think 2010 would have been Amnesia. Uh, the biggest game to do that in the West prior to that was Clock Tower 3, which I believe was also on the GameCube. Came out, yeah, 2002? 2002 hey, I'm not too sure. I'm only aware of the original one that came out on the computer. Yeah, uh, so you are uh, a girl. Uh, it's very, like, European-inspired, but it's also, you know, Japanese, so it's, you know, got a weird vibe to it. But you're a girl who's trying to find out some mysteries about the town she's in, the family she's with, and just everything going on. And it's very Edgar Allan Poe inspired. There's like a lot of pin the pendulum in there. There's a lot of like uh, telltale heart in there. And there's also a lot of Lovecraft stuff in there as well. But you are basically in this like, think like Silent Hill, but you can actually see what's going on. Mm-hmm. You're in a town that is, like, plagued by these monsters. And the only thing you can do is run. You run from a guy called the Scissor Man, which is a man with giant scissors who's going (laughs) to cut you in half. You also run away from a guy with a big hammer. Like, the monsters are not inventive. They are not. It's usually, like, 
Scary, with guns. scary looking dude or or woman carrying an oversized version of a tool <laughs> like there's not a whole lot of of difference i think like one person has like a scythe which is the closest thing to an actual murder weapon that you find but you don't have an opportunity to fight back it's it's like every level is like a puzzle that you mm-hmm. have to solve while avoiding these big monsters that are trying to kill you. And if they see you at all, they will beeline it for you. So you have to do a lot of like timing. I got to get through here just the right time so he doesn't see me. And I'm going to dive under this bed. And then from under the bed, you get to see like the the image of like the feet moving around or from the closet through the crack. Like it's a lot of what you see in Amnesia and Outlast and stuff. Just done, you know, uh, five to ten years earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Clock Tower 3 was good. They never made another one, which sucked because, and I think it was because Clock Tower 3 was their big, I guess, them really trying to push it here in America. Because Clock Tower 1 and 2 were, were here as well, but they weren't that big. Yeah. And then they did Clock Tower 3 and it was going to be this, you know, huge push. And like some people bought it. I don't think enough people did. And I think they were just like, you know what? This is not a good investment for us anymore. We're not going to yeah. make it anymore. But it, it was solid. It fucked. And it was, it was an actual game that would make you panic for the same reasons. Except at the time, we hadn't seen that before. We hadn't seen, well, fuck, I got to hide and and not be seen because if these things catch me, I will die. Like, there's yeah. no there's no uh, fight that I can bring to them. And then also, it just had amazing music. One of the monsters was like this girl haunting a piano. And it was a brilliant idea just because the entire level had that piano music playing. Mm-hmm. But it was a sort of like orchestral thing in the background. When you started hearing that piano start rising up, then you knew it's safe because she's at the piano. She's not going to kill me right now. She's playing. So there were like a lot of little puzzle things like that that were really good. But it was probably the first iteration, that, at least personally, that I have seen that sort of popularized that that style of gameplay. But moving on to yep. the biggest horror game franchise. Yeah, I can't even think of anything remotely close yeah. when it comes to games. Yeah. Because most of them only get up to like four games if that and then that's it silent hill one two wasn't there like silent hill the room or something there was silent hill three downpour or not three then there's silent hill like downpour there's birthright or some shit like that so it's been like five or six of them now Mm -hmm. okay yeah but as far as numbered titles has been like three yeah yeah Mm. and then then there's also silent hills which was going to come out got canceled we got pt that started a whole other kind of like genre of games that were all basically like explore this house. And then pulling back to Resident Evil, they pulled from that for mm-hmm. like part seven. Yeah. Kind of. Sort of. Yeah. Anyway, but, Resident Evil. Yeah. Resident Evil or in Japan known as Biohazard, which mm-hmm. is funny. Yeah. Because it didn't. In America, the only one that got the Biohazard name was part seven. seven yep. Because in America, the title was Resident Evil 7 Biohazard. Mm-hmm. And then in Japan, it was Biohazard 7 Resident Evil. Yeah. I like that little yeah. little title flip. Yeah. And the reason, if you didn't know, is they wanted to do um, Biohazard like it is in Japan. But there was another game with that. So they were mm-hmm. like, instead of confusing people, we're just going to search the name. So yep. that's how we got Resident Evil which came out in 1996. Which I'm going to, and you know, maybe it is maybe it is just familiarity, but I'm going to go on record and say Resident Evil is a better title. Yes. Biohazard is just like, 
there's a I think of chemicals. Yeah, it, it, there's there's like this implication of like chemical or or viral or bacterial or something. And that's it. Resident Evil makes me go spooky house. Yep. And spooky house to me just sounds cooler. Mhm. But yeah. So we we're, we're going to break it down in, into sections. Yes, that's so because the... Resident Evil despite being one franchise has had i mean if you get into everything upwards of like 15 games and they section off into their yeah. own kinds of, there's like there's like certain games that have the same style of gameplay but they're clearly different eras than there are mm-hmm. games that have completely different kinds of gameplay so yeah. sections is probably the, the best yeah so the first one is going to be the 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 original the the, the tank controls which goes down with resident evil resident evil 2 Resident Evil 3 Nemesis, uh, Resident Evil Code Veronica, and there's other ones, but I'm just going to stick with uh, like the main ones that most people would have played. So, the Veronica, where there was Remake for the GameCube, and then Zero. Yeah. Those are the ones that I would want to just keep those together yeah. for the fact that some of the other ones, like I don't know how many people other, other people played Outbreak Files. Like, yeah. The ancillary stuff is not as important. Mm-hmm. Either. Also, either because ways, like... What you learn from them story-wise, mm-hmm. uh, you often just relearn again in a main story title through, like, a note on a computer or on yeah. a desk or something. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, but yeah. so the, basically the first three mainline games and then the two... Zero and Code Veronica. Yeah, yeah. kind of spinoffs, but not really. Yeah, they're all that, like, tanky control, mm-hmm. fixed camera kind of gameplay. Yeah, which I believe... Uh, Resident Evil Code Veronica was supposed to be three. Yes, but it then was. They were like, no, we need a three right now for the PlayStation One. I think so. Code Veronica came out in two thousand, and then Nemesis Resident Evil Three came yeah two thousand or nineteen ninety nine. So it was going from PlayStation One to PlayStation Two. Mm-hmm. So they wanted one more for the PlayStation to hold them over until the two came out. Yep. So Veronica was be like, fuck it, that's gonna be its own thing, and then Resident Evil. Three Nemesis is just that's why it's shorter. Yeah, which kind of bothers me because like with them doing that, Resident Evil Code Veronica has a lot less like it feels like it's given a lot less importance. Yeah. Even though way more happens in Code Veronica than in three. In three yeah. it's like, ooh, here's Nemesis. And here's sort of a conclusion to what happened in two. Yeah. But it I mean by modern standards, it kind of feels like DLC for part yeah. two mm-hmm. versus an actual like meaty story which code veronica was and there's so much in there there's yeah. the twins yeah you the, learn a lot more about umbrella you get introduced F. to two new characters yeah. like steve it's it's that's, that's the character yeah. there's so much in there and the resident evil 3 is like you know this girl you met before uh and you know this monster that's really close to the monster you just fought in the last game and do you know this exact location you were just playing in yeah fuck it do it again it's three hours and it's like ah, yeah so little but like as you as you said resident evil one takes place in the manor you find out about the zombies there's zombie dogs Mm -hmm. there's a snake boss snake i think so yeah and then you also get um the crimson heads yes the and remake it was a resident evil remake that they gave the crimson heads a thing yeah, but I mean, as far as like current story canon goes, that is that is the one. Yeah. Resident Evil 1 without Crimson Heads is less of the... Like, they very much still reference Resident Evil 1 with the Crimson Heads. Mm-hmm. So that is the story now. Mm-hmm. And then for... Like you were saying, Veronica having more. Yeah, you had the 
I think it was just called the Alfred. Yeah, I think that's what the family was called. The twins. No. I forget what they're called, but that's not the name. Hold on, wait, let me. The Ashford family. Ash Ashford sounds correct. Mm-hmm. So like you were saying, Resident Evil Code Veronica does have a lot more story to it. You have the Ashford family that you have to deal with. You get the new character, Steve, mm-hmm. who just wants to bang Claire. I mean, I don't blame him. Yeah. Uh, this is also the only time that I'm aware of that Claire and Chris finally meet up. It's also, unfortunately, uh, one of the only games that has like that has like moments like that where you're like, this is this is the only point where this one thing that's going to be referenced a bunch of times happens. Uh-huh. And then like the rest of the series just assumes that you've. You, you're aware of this. Yeah. But the actual fan base, like, if you take Resident Evil fans, most of them are from four and after. Yes. And they don't necessarily, like, yes, when they, they did Resident Evil 2 and 3 remake, maybe some of those guys went and, and, and they went back and, and they checked those out. But Code Veronica has been left out for so long yeah. that you can you can meet somebody who, like, considers themselves a huge Resident Evil fan and by all accounts is a huge Resident Evil fan. And then you reference Code Veronica and they go, what? <laughs> yeah. What are the Ashford twins? Mm-hmm. What? And so it's just like, ah. And it's not there's not enough importance placed on it. Yeah, and then that's also the reunion of Chris and Albert. Yeah, Albert Wesker, because at the end of Resident Evil One, you just assume or Chris assumes Albert's dead, and it's not until Code Veronica he's like, "What the fuck are you doing alive?" And he's like, mm. "Well, I have these cool Matrix powers now." Yeah, and then he fucks up Chris. Yeah, he shoots him a bunch. Or Chris shoots him a bunch and it's just like, nope. Yep. Not getting hit by any of this shit. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm I'm very certain that it was actually supposed to be Matrix thing too. Because Yeah, well, he looks like it. Yeah, well, not just that, but the Matrix had just come out. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't know. And this is also where you can kind of start to see why Chris changes physique wise. Because yeah. he's like, he gets his ass handed to yeah. him and... And Code Veronica. Yeah, there's a lot of things that, like, because that's, that's always been a big thing with Resident Evil fans. It's like, oh, he just showed up swole one day. Uh-huh. If you play Code Veronica, you get a pretty good reason why, like, he yeah. went from being, he wasn't, like, a skinny kid. He no. was still, you know, he's still athletic, but he wasn't, like, fucking huge. You can understand why this dude was like, oh, the guy I'm trying to take down is superhuman. Let me become Mr. Universe so that way I can move <laughs> yeah. a boulder to kill him. Yeah. Like, you understand that part. And so it's like, okay, there's a little bit of an explanation there. And then also, if you don't play Code Veronica, Wesker just kind of shows up again. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. just like, and nobody's like, Wesker, you're back? Oh, dear Lord, yeah. what happened? Everyone's just kind of like, you again. And it's that, you know, cartoony kind of thing where if you don't play Code Veronica and you don't see all of the characters be like, holy shit, no, what the fuck? This guy's alive and he's superhuman? What the yeah. fuck? Yeah. Then, uh, the only one that does do that is Jill yeah. in Resident Evil 5. The DLC, was it like called like Nightmare Before or something like that? Something like that. That's the one where, uh, that yeah, Jill's like, what the fuck? Yeah. Chris was like, oh shit, not this guy again. Yeah, everybody else was like, ah, fucking here we go again. Mm-hmm. But if you're the, if you're as the player, you don't play Code Veronica. You very much get like, why is everybody reacting like this? Yeah. Why is Chris swole all of a sudden? Mm-hmm. How did this guy survive? How's he dodging bullets? How's he flipping all over the place? Yeah. And it's, uh, well, it's Code Veronica. That's why. 
So moving from Code Veronica, I did not. I have still yet to play Resident Evil Zero. Really? So I have no fucking clue. All I okay. know is Rebecca has super plot armor in Resident Evil because that bitch somehow survives a, a, a helicopter crash and she still does all that shit. Uh, having played Resident Evil Zero, I can 100% tell you that Rebecca Chambers' plot armor in that game is another character by the name of Billy Cohen. Yeah, I've seen what he looks like, but yeah, I get and I've not gotten around to playing so, Zero. So, uh, to explain Resident Evil Zero to somebody who's never played Resident Evil at all before, uh, you play as two characters, a prisoner hmm. and some girl on a train that is being attacked by mutant leeches. And you have to make it from one end of the train to the other end of the train to figure out what's going on. And along the way, a lot of crazy Resident Evil shit happens and you start seeing more about uh, uh, the the impetus behind the initial mansion incident. Initially, it does start off with, with leeches. So basically, there's a bunch of weird little mutant leeches that you uh, find out are actually connected to obviously, very obviously the virus mm-hmm. that is being developed at Umbrella. Uh, the train that you're on, Umbrella actually uses to move whatever f- the fuck they're using back and forth. Uh, there's a prisoner on the train by the name of Billy Cohen who's being escorted by some guards who end up getting murdered and he gets away. And uh, you uncuff him because he's one of the only people around you. And despite the fact that you two do not like each other and you're pretty sure he might try to kill you, you're like, well, there's mutant leeches everywhere. Fuck it. Let's try to get through this together. And God damn it, nearly every time you almost die, is there a cutscene where this guy is like, I still don't like you, <laughs> but I'm saving your life because you're my key to get out of here. The way Billy looks reminds me of Nicolas Cage and Conair. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's fucking awesome. Except tatted up yeah. like hardcore. He has like tribal tattoos. He has tribal he? tattoos up and down his arms, which it's stupid. It's stupid as fuck. It is not the best character design. However, that game is such a good characterization of Rebecca Chambers that to this day, it bothers me how dirty they've done Rebecca Chambers as a character because everyone has, Leon has, let's be real here. Leon has had the most moments, Yes, but everybody has had their moment. Chris has had, I mean, obviously the most obvious Chris Chris, boulder punching scene where everybody's like, whoa, he's crazy. Mm -hmm. And then also Resident Evil 7 and 8 kind of really highlight what Chris can do and where he's gone. And there's a lot of development with him. And then you get Jill, who develops throughout the whole thing, gets a weird thing in her chest. Well, see, that's the thing. Jill's only come out in two fucking games. Resident Evil 3 and then Resident Evil 5. And that's it. That bitch has not been in anything else. But what I'm saying is, like, they they do something with her character. They move her forward. My bad. And one. And one, yes. Rebecca was in one as well, but she's sort of an ancillary character. Yeah. That, you know, they kind of treat like, this is the little girl of the group. Moving on. She's a college student, by the way, not an actual little no, girl. No, no, she's not a little girl. Yeah. I'm just saying that they treat her that way yeah. in the in the story. And then they give her Resident Evil Zero, mm-hmm. which is also really weird because she does so much cool shit in Resident Evil Zero. And then that takes place before one. <laughs> yeah. So then you go back and you play one and you're like, she's being very underutilized here. What the fuck? Yeah. And then after that, uh, she appears in a stage play and some manga. And then I believe one of the digital movies. Yes. And then that's it. And by the way, in every single one of those, it's just kind of like, here's a medic girl. Yeah. She she doesn't I've heard this stage play does a lot of good things for her character. I don't speak Japanese. Yeah, me neither. Nor have I ever seen the stage play. 
But main story-wise, gameplay-wise, anything like that, they got fucking... I don't even give a shit what the next game is. I want to see Rebecca Chambers in it. Well, she she might be, but we'll save that for later. Yeah. But that's it for, like, the tank controls ones. Yeah. Uh, moving on from that, we have... Four, five, and six. Yeah, we have Resident Evil 4, Umbrella Chronicles. Oh, yeah, Umbrella Chronicles. I forgot five... Dark Side Chronicles, which is the one for the Wii U. That was like the rail shooter one. Yeah. Uh, Revelations. Then we have Operation Raccoon City, which plays like Left 4 Dead. Mm-hmm. Resident Evil 6 and then Revelations 2. And that is classified as the action horror. Yeah, that was part of the series. That was the part where. So in Resident Evil 4. This it's... is where like most people have jumped on yeah. the Resident Evil bandwagon. Resident Evil 4. I believe up until the last, like, recent games were, like, Resident Evil 4 was the most popular Resident Evil game. It might still be. I don't know. I don't know the numbers of 7 and 8 sales. I am almost, I will, I will bet my left shoe that Resident Evil 4 is still, like, the one people were like, we want a remake again. Probably. Actually, no, but a lot of people have been saying they want a remake of it. Mm -hmm. But... That was the one where they switched to over-the-shoulder controls. It was still Mm -hmm. kind of tanky. You couldn't shoot while you ran. Yeah. But it was over-the-shoulder controls. It was a little bit less emphasis on the puzzle aspect of it that the previous games had. The puzzle was like, push this over here. Yeah. Or shoot this thing. Yeah. There was like one where it's like, move these cannons in the right order. Mm -hmm. And if you don't, nothing happens to you. It just resets. Yep. So uh, a lot less... Um, or attention. or the puzzle is mash the shit out of your X button. Yes, or a. yes, that was one of them as well. So it's it's a lot less emphasis on maybe the survival part of the survival mm-hmm. horror. Uh, you have a gun right away, and which in almost all of them you do. Yeah. But you are sort of given like ample ammunition. Yeah. You you Especially rarely run the, out of anything. Yeah, the default di- the difficulty is very easy. Very, very easy. And this is also where the uh, upgrading guns has always been a thing in the older Resident Evils, but it was like, cool, you found an extendo clip. Yeah. You found a laser sight or like a three burst thing, but this is the one where it's just like, no, you can upgrade your handgun Yeah. to the point where it's almost the best thing to use because you just shoot them once in the knee. And then you shoot them once in the head, yeah, and their head will the John pop. Yeah, Yeah. And so, like, it's it definitely started moving away from the emphasis on survival, but it was a little bit more grounded. It wasn't really until you moved into five that people started exploding everything and flipping all over the place. Yeah, Chris was like, "Fuck this shit! I'm I'm gonna get as close to superhuman as I can." Mm-hmm. And he just starts falcon punching everything. Yeah. That one, uh, my major gripe with part five is that they created a pretty good character with Shava Olimar, mm-hmm. and then they gave her the worst AI if you weren't playing with, yeah, if you weren't playing co-op. Yeah, and well, that's the Resident Evil five. It well, I guess after four and all the ones that I mentioned up until Revel- Revelation. No, even no, yeah, Revelation is the only one that I would count not one that was heavy or yeah, heavy multiplayer thought because. Yeah. Resident Evil 5, multiplayer. 6, multiplayer. Revelations 1 and 2, multiplayer. Raccoon City, multiplayer. Yeah, and then they stopped it with 7. 
Yeah, but for the action horror, yeah, this is the one where most people started to play Resident Evil. This is the one where it's just like, yeah, those controls are no longer a thing after four. Uh, in starting with five, you can move while shooting. You know, you're not going to be as accurate, but you can still yeah. do that. They added more quick time events, so you can make sure Mash that you... Mash the shit out of your X button. Yeah. Or your you're watching a cutscene and you're like, cool, let me put my controller down. Oh shit, gotta press yeah, X and square. Yeah, a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. But I like these ones too. Yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a solid game. Mm-hmm. I liked it a lot. Uh, they definitely did retread a lot of Resident Evil 4 because they were like, Resident Evil 4, big we- promo around this one guy with a chainsaw. Yeah. Let's do that again in five, but like three times. Resident Evil 4 had Los Plagas. Resident Evil 5 had the... Uh, I don't even remember what it was called, and I don't remember what those guys were called. I forgot to. But it was basically just Los Plagas, but African. Yeah, well, in the story for it, it's... You're told that the virus comes from Africa. Yeah. It is kind of like the the well of youth, but instead of a well, it's a flower that could heal you if you mix. It was mixed, the progenitor virus. Yeah. If you mixed it the right way, you could heal all kinds of stuff. But, but, but Umbrella was like, nah, we want money. So mm-hmm. we're going to make bioweapons. Yeah, it was a progenitor virus. That, that That's what it was called. And I remember when Resident Evil 5 came out, a lot of people were trying to say it was racist because you're playing as a white man shooting black people. And it's like, it's Africa. What do you expect to shoot? Brown people? Yeah, and I mean, also fucking Resident Evil 4 came out and you shot a bunch of Spanish people. Uh-huh. So like, what, what the fuck? Yeah, I don't know. People are weird. Uh, after Resident Evil 5, we have Resident Evil 6, and this is the one where the fan base got heavily divided. There was the people who really liked it, and then the people who really hated it because they, air quote, say that it plays like Call of Duty, even though it's just like, I don't see it. Yeah. Well, I think what they mean by that is that it's just, it's it's real heavy on the action part, mm-hmm. which it is a, a it lot is. heavier on action. Yeah, no, hell it is. I can admit to that but at the same time it's like people make games on what is trending Mm -hmm. and that was what's trending at the time so you have literally no one to blame but yourself anyone who picked up those call of duty games the battlefield games anything like that that push that style of game it is your fault uh the bad guys in resident evil 5 were called magini that's probably why i didn't remember it that's a terrible name yeah resident evil 6 also you it was heavy on the co-op yeah, you and heavy. one you basically other person. had to play it co-op. Mm-hmm. But this is the one that splits it up into three different scenarios. You have the Leon and Helen uh, branch. You have the Chris and oh, I forgot the guy's name. Was it Jake Muller? Yeah, no, no, no. Jake's the third one. Jake's was Sherry. Oh, okay. But it was Chris and someone else, the other private dude. I don't remember. But this is also the first time that uh. Chris and Leon meet. The only time Chris and Leon meet so far that we're aware of. Because it was like a big... like The the promo was them shooting the... Pointing the gun at each other. Mm -hmm. And Ada was like, calm down, boys. We both can fuck. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Uh Did they not meet in one of the movies? I think the movie takes place after the game. The, it, it was the, the the one where Leon kills so many people because they do the same thing with China where they were, yeah. they release the virus into China. But they meet there and you can kind of tell that they don't like each other still. Yeah. Because they're very like, get out of the fucking way. You're they're just... very like, I'm the main character of this. Yeah. You're not taking focus away from me. 
Because Chris is like, move it, Boy Scout. Mm-hmm. Which is weird because like, as a, I've never been able to nail that part of uh, Leon's character down. They always very much try to like paint him as like, this is the bad boy of the group. But then like Chris is the one that actively does things that are like, yeah. what are the rules? Yeah, fuck them. I'm going to do what I want. Yeah. So it's like, which one is supposed to be? It, what the fuck? No, I definitely feel like Leon is the definitely the Boy Scout because in the newest Netflix original based off Resident Evil that they like to throw out every time you would watch every an episode. Every single time you watch an episode. Yeah. Claire is like, released the tape that shows. That's right. That and shows he's like, that I you're, can't do that. Yeah. It's against my job. Yeah. It's like the president wouldn't like that. And then he won't let me smash Ashley, even though he had the opportunity yeah, yeah. and he didn't Not just that but he was asked repeatedly mm-hmm. and even the president was like i trust him with my daughter because like, i know thank you for not fucking my daughter <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like trust me i'm her dad i know she's kind of a whore i've had yeah, to deal with it before exactly since um in resident evil revelations 2 i yeah. want to say president's daughter is talking to claire and i want i don't i i think no i think it's a tv show she invites him to her birthday party. Yeah. And he's just like, nah. Yeah. Leon's a bitch. He's a simp for Ada. You hear it here first. I mean, it, I don't think, I don't think we, <laughs> you, they did hear it here first. I think it's very obvious. Nah, I'm claiming the hearing it because, here first. Because like Resident Evil 2, he's like, older Asian milf lady. I'm into this. <laughs> and then like, that's all that becomes. Yeah. Every single time she pops up in the series after that and Leon's there, they always do that like, the long pan up from her feet where they show like the split in the dress yep. and it's like, oh, it's Ada wearing the same clothes she's always wearing when she pops up. Weird. Mm-hmm. And it's, so it's just, it's just always well, like. Well, in Resident Evil 6, it makes sense because she's a clone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's always just like, hey, Leon. Just give it up, bro. Yeah. You're trying, you're trying way too hard. Yeah. And then, uh, but that's the action horror part of the, the series for Resident Evil. It. It's the one most people are familiar with. That's also why I kind of d- don't want to stay too long on it for the fact yeah, that... Yeah, everybody kind of knows that. Yeah, that that's, this is the one that most people played. Chris punches a boulder. Wesker's back for some reason. Uh, he has a son, Jake. Yeah, Jill's uh, got like a weird thing in her chest. Yeah, that's Resident Evil 5 I've, that you're talking about. Yeah, you have to shoot her in it. Yeah, and Resident Evil 6, the one that most people didn't play for whatever reason, you do find out that Wesker has a son. Yep. Not, uh, not like... From him having sex with a woman, he got his cells and was like, we're going to make a lab baby. Yeah. And that's how Jake is because Jake has all the powers that, or some of the powers that Albert has. Yep. But without having to take mutations. Yep. Because it's, Cause it's already. Yeah, yeah. He's already mutated. And this is the the reoccurrence of Sher- Sherry from Resident yep. Evil 2. Except she was like an actual like mm-hmm. child in 2. two. And this one, she's like a young teen or a young adult. Yeah, late teens, early adults, somewhere mm-hmm. around there. And she still has her uh, regenerative powers from Resident Evil 2 because she's with Jake. Because you find out that both of them can like sort of heal, yeah. but they can't actually heal in the game. You still have to take the Tic Tacs to yeah. get your health back. But yeah, because the game doesn't really... I mean, it does with, with Chris. But it doesn't really canonically, like, it doesn't address the fact that, like, all of the characters are in, like, their 40s now. Yeah. Chris shows up and he looks older for sure. Yeah, especially in the the later games, Chris, mm-hmm. you can tell has been through yeah. shit. He's just like, I don't want to do this. But, like, Leon no should be, like, almost 50 at this point. Mm-hmm. I think Rebecca was, like, 20, maybe 21. 
1998 when the first game took place. Yeah, uh, this and is. It has been 23 years since then. So yeah, if we forgot like to, to mention this earlier, but the Resident Evil timeline takes place parallel to ours. Yes, so it's the first event started in 1998. That was that was the, the mansion. Was it 96? That's the first Resident Evil game. Is 96. Oh shit! Mm-hmm. Are you sure? I'm positive. I thought I... it was Pokemon. No, ninety six Biohazard. Huh. So then, holy fuck! The characters are old as fuck now. Then. Yep. So yeah, it, it's par- It's supposed to be parallel with us. So whenever the game drop is the the time and year of the that in the Resident Evil universe. But that was the action horror, and now we're into. She was 18 in the first one, which would have been 96. So 2006, 2016, plus five. Been 25 years since then. 40, what is that? 43, 44? Holy fuck. Yeah, the character's old. But from there, we move on to the reboot-ish. It was a very soft reboot kind of thing where um, you do not play as any of the characters that have come before Resident Evil 7 has you start as a new guy. Yeah, this is definitely the the new era which yeah. is Resident Evil 7, like Biohazard that we said. Yeah, it's the new trilogy even though the third one hasn't come out yet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then after they that a trilogy. we have Resident Evil 2 and 3 remake, which yes. 2 was good, 3 was ass. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean 3 was ass because the 3's ass. Yeah. And then we have Resident Evil Village, the yes. newest one, as of this eight. year that you're hearing this. Yeah, it was solid as fuck. It was very okay. Very okay. I think I liked it more than I liked 7. I liked 7 more than I liked 8. Mm. But the reason why is uh, it goes kind of back to its roots where it's in the house. Mm-hmm. And in the beginning, you have weapons, but you can't do as much with those weapons. Yeah. It, it, you're very limited. You, I think you start off with a knife, a pistol, and then a shotgun. Yeah. And then, like, that's the best part is before you leave the house, in my opinion. And then after that, it kind of just becomes, like, Resident Evil 5 or 6 or any of them where by the end of the game, you have, like, six, eight guns. Yeah. And at that point, it's like, well, I don't need to worry about ammo. Yeah, and nothing is really that threatening at that point, yeah. which is a problem that 8 winds up getting into. Yes. As you do get to a certain point where you're like, nothing can stop me. I'm invincible. Mm-hmm. And but at the same time, like I said earlier, the the reason Resident Evil Six did so poorly is because it was following trends. That's the same way with what happened with Seven and Eight. Is what was really popular before Resident Evil um, Six and all of that. You yeah. Know, the, the push towards like PC games, not like Amnesia, but the whole concept of first person jump scares, yeah, spookiness. So I feel like there's a lot of a lot of people responding to PT of the. Mm-hmm. The, the playable teaser for Silent Hills, the yeah. game that never came out. The game that never came out. And and that's the, that's what I've noticed about Resident Evil. Is it's always the eras that it comes out. It's a product of the time. Yeah. And, and it's, I mean, maybe the first few were, but since, I'm going to go ahead and say since part four, it hasn't really ever been like a trendsetter. No. It tends to follow what is the most popular thing. And, mm-hmm. you know, maybe that's just a, a statement on uh, how and where Capcom is yeah, because internally. There's other Resident Evil games that we did not mention that, as you said, they follow the trend, which yeah. was Resident Evil Resistance was supposed to be an asymmetrical type of game. Mm-hmm. So very much like Dead by Daylight, Friday the 13th, yep. the, the Predators game, and it ass cheeks. I played it in his booty butt cheeks. 
And then they have like a couple of light rail games. Mm-hmm. They have uh That was Dark Side Chronicles. Yeah. And then this before Resident Evil eight, it was supposed to come out with like a PvP mode. Mm-hmm. Which did not come out, and it's probably not going to come out anymore. Probably not. Because they half-assed through in uh, Mercenaries mode, and it yeah. is garbage. It is, Yeah, no, it is the least fun Mercenaries mode that yes. I've, I've seen in a Resident Evil game mm-hmm. thus far. But, but as far as the actual like gameplay of, of the, the series in the current era that it's in, it is sort of, I mean, fairly vastly different from the other ones. Yes, yeah. you do get to a certain point where... Ammo is not that big of a deal and 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 what have you. But there's much more of an emphasis on the atmosphere that you're in the in, and uh, the way the environment responds to what you do. And then also there's less frequency of enemies. Yeah, but I feel like the atmosphere is propelled more for the fact that it's first person. Yeah, for sure. And then also like Resident Evil 7, I played that in uh, on the PSVR Mm-hmm. And it is kind of a cheatsy way to make something scary, but when you're in VR, goddamn, does that shit get worse for you? I think it. I think it made the game easier. The little bit that I was trying it at your yeah. house with Jacob's horror of a PlayStation. Yeah, I felt it was easier to aim. You just fucking no, 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 no. Yeah. It is easier to aim yeah. for sure. But what I'm saying is that like it's easier to get a f- like a, a like a responsive dread from a player. Yeah. When they have a VR headset on because you can't look away. Yeah. If you turn your head, you're just looking in a different direction still in the mm-hmm. game. So it's easier to get somebody anchored down to the environment. It's easier to get them to have a fear response to it. And so there's a lot of uh, – there are a lot of avenues for you to be able to play around with that when it comes to the character – or mm-hmm. the player, rather. Uh, and so Resident Evil 7 – even though it wasn't, I, I mean, I wouldn't even say it's particularly scary. No. There are parts where during the main game, they're a little bit creepy. And then you throw on the VR set and that little bit creepy jumps up because again. I wouldn't say creepy, but disgusting because. Yes, that is a big thing too. It Things is look very, it's very gross. And in VR, they look. Yeah. Worse. What's her name? Mary, the mom. Yeah. Is fucking disgusting. Yes. Everybody, you realize just how moldy everybody is. Yeah, not just that. And like the environment. Bugs in general are just yeah. gross. Like and the way the, bugs are born. Yeah, the moss monsters are actually a lot grosser to look at in VR than... Mold monsters. Mold. That's, mm-hmm. yes. They're a lot more gross to look at in VR yeah, than... They're a lot more slimy. Yeah. And then, I don't know, there's also that like little part... In your head, too, where, like... It's like, mold don't have teeth. Well, also, your brain is just like, I don't want that to touch me. Mm-hmm. And it can't. It's a game, but you you do kind of forget that after a while. Or you mm-hmm. don't forget it, but you you pay less attention to it. Yeah. You respond a little bit less uh, naturally to it. Mm-hmm. And then we have Resident Evil 8, where it continues the story of yep. 7. That's the thing that I do like about this new era is its continuation. It, like Resident Evil 2 and 3 or 1 and 2 they're, they're you can be like alright they are taking place yep. one after another and they kind of do but it's always like. There's a disconnect. Uh, no there's like I found this random note no, or sticky note that's telling me who Leon who is this character yeah. Leon and this the new era is just like no same character takes place years afterwards so it's just like you played seven 
then you already have the backstory for yeah. eight. And then also, I mean, if you play eight, it'll just tell you what happened in seven. Yeah. Because it's it's connected, and you actually do need to know. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, you continue following this guy, Ethan. Ethan and Winters. Ethan Winters. Yes. Who looks like a Chad. And then uh, he is fucking tall too. Yes, he, he I want to say he's the tallest character out of all of them. But he's supposed to be like the normal guy because isn't he like six four? No, I don't think he's quite that tall. Six two. Maybe. I think he's definitely six foot though. Yeah, because um, Chris is short. <laughs> yeah. Chris is five seven. I want to say he's like five eight. Five seven five eight somewhere around there. Something yeah. Something like that. And then like that was really what contextualized how short some of the girls are too. Mm-hmm. Because like Rebecca is supposed to be like short. Yeah, she's, she's like, tiny. Five, four f- yeah. somewhere around there. So like I don't know, just Ethan being the tallest one and then also still being a realistic height. Yeah. Is entertaining to me. But uh, Resident Evil 8 goes into you as Ethan get approached by Chris and he, I'm not going to say what happens, but he does sort of uh, turn your entire life upside down mm-hmm. uh, and in the I, process of that, your baby kind of goes missing. Yeah. He, no, he, t- does, he takes your baby. Yes. And uh, then you wind up uh, in the Romanian countryside mm-hmm. in an area surrounded by werewolves. Yep. Yeah, I think they're lichens. Lichen is another name for a werewolf. Yeah, but I think there's a difference between a werewolf and a lichen. Like I think a lichen is just they can transform into werewolves whenever, while werewolves can only come out during the moon. No, no, no. Uh, I what I believe is all werewolves are lichens. Maybe not all lichens are werewolves. I think so. I think because, that's what it is. Because, like, another brilliant horror franchise, the Twilight series. I thought you were going to say Underworld. Oh. Because uh, the Underworld and Twilight look like they could be in the same universe. They very much do look like they can be in the same universe. But um, in Twilight, the werewolves are not werewolves. They're no. shapeshifters. Yes. Because they can turn into werewolves whenever, mm-hmm. not just because of the moon. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Maybe there's something there. But in, in any case, he's surrounded by wolfmen. Is that a fine assessment to you? I guess. I call them wolfmen. You have no problem with that. Yeah. Okay. He's surrounded by wolfmen in a village uh, with one creepy old lady and uh, and then some vampires. You gross some vamp- vampires. Yeah. Some very vampire-like things at the very least. Uh-huh. And you fight a that, giant that, lady. A gross lady. I don't think she's gross. I think she's, she's hot disgu- as fuck. No. She's like fucking nine feet tall big ass titties big ass ass old titties but that's kind of part and parcel with a vampire dude she has old lady titties i don't think she has old lady titties she has saggy titties she does not have saggy titties she has old vampire if you look at the if you look at the character model she does not have saggy titties she's wearing a push-up bra no she's wearing like a corset thing Eh, you might have that but um anyways that and then three other hot vampire ladies no they're covered in blood i don't care (laughs) i care (laughs) (laughs) they're vampires again part and parcel with that now granted these are vampires that instead of being based off of bats are based off of mosquitoes no, they're flies. Flies? Yes. Okay. These, they're vampire. The 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 daughters 
fall more in line with the gross-looking vampires from 30 Days a Night. And those guys are fucking terrible. No. Yeah. The like daughters the, are hot. What no. The fuck? Yes. The, the way that the daughters present themselves is exactly the same way 30 Days a Night vampires present themselves. Where they bite into someone and they do not care that they are drenched in blood. They, they, yeah, they're vampires. They, they live off of the disturbing let me horrify my victim with the the blood of the the person i just killed before i killed them yes it's hot those are not my vampires those are great vampires those in any are not case my vampires in any case yeah it very much takes a step away from being maybe zombie focused and more towards like yeah more mythological things there's a whole framing device of like uh it definitely little does kids store like storybook thing yeah it definitely finally takes the name biohazard into the resident evil yes thing. because that's it definitely like oh right we're, we're done with the, the zombies now like this is the reason why we have these things yes and and there's more of a heavy um utilage of the uh actual like concept of bioweapons mm-hmm. like you've known the whole series Umbrella is doing all this stuff to make bioweapons. But then, like, the bioweapon shows up and it's just, like, a really tall Vin Diesel. Yeah, or and, a really gross vampire lady. Yeah, and that's it. But, like, well, no, but with this one, the bioweapon aspect of it is actually, like, the focus of the plot. Yeah. It's not just this thing that's in the background. No, no without going too much more into it, you end up finding out that Umbrella is the off-brand for bio like anything bio related because yeah. you end up finding out that somewhere in europe it originated from it, it started in africa but they took it and made yeah. it what it is in europe somewhere in europe and america umbrella was like i'm I gonna, like this Let's yeah steal it. i'm gonna do that better because fuck you i'm american yeah and then also uh in uh grand tradition the person going i'm gonna do that but better tries to replicate it without really any of the same ingredients mm-hmm. and then goes, what? This went horribly wrong. How could it have possibly gone wrong? Mm-hmm. We didn't have any of the ingredients we needed. Why is yeah. this not working? Mm-hmm. It's like it's because you try to bake a chocolate cake without any chocolate. That's why. Mm-hmm. Whereas like the, uh, the sort of bioweapon influenced people in Resident Evil 8 are a lot closer to what they're trying to be. Yeah. Like big vampire lady is big vampire lady. She's mm-hmm. like, there are corruptions within them as well. The same as the things that umbrella does, but umbrella gets like, they're very far from what they're trying to be. Yeah. Whereas what's happening in village, you definitely get a closer to like a perfect image of what yeah. was trying to be replicated. Umbrella in America, in the Resident Evil universe is the Oreo. It's the off brand of the original, but it's the one most people are aware of. Yes. Because, uh, Yes, in, in Resident Evil, there's this sort of uh, bioweapon Hydrox company, and, and and nobody quite, you know, is aware of that outside of this little village in Romania or something. Mm-hmm. But that's most of the story, the, the history. That's but the bullet points. Yeah, for Resident Evil. I'm pretty sure if you're listening to this, you've already a Resident Evil fan yeah. and there might have been some things you might have not known yeah what I will say is if you've been on the fence about Resident Evil Village it's a solid fucking game I would only pick just it up just don't on so it is not worth full price I would no to me it is only because I've never taken too much stock into mercenaries or any of the ancillary stuff. Yeah, no, for like, me... I've only ever cared about the main story, and even then, I'm not a big fan. Like, I'm one of those people, I'm not a big fan of Resident Evil 6. 
And I was not a big fan of Resident Evil 5, so like... For me, going from Resident Evil 7 to Resident Evil 8, it improves on what 8 did, but it's still, it's like, it's not enough to justify $60 for me. For me, it is. Not for me. I For me, if you can get it for 40 bucks, perfect deal. If you can get it for cheaper, that is an amazing deal. But $40 to me, Resident Evil is what it should be because Resident Evil is one of those games where it's one and done. That's true. Yes, you play you, it, and unless kind of you it. really enjoy it, or you're trying to get all the achievements or the collectibles, it's a one and done game. Yeah. You don't pick it back up to be like, you know what? The replayability factor isn't quite as big. Yeah, because once you go through it once, you're already like, okay, this is what's gonna happen here. Let me save my ammo for this. Make this boss fight easier. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah, because if, like the first time I played Resident Evil Eight, it did take me a good while to finish it. And yeah. granted, it was because I wasn't playing it all the time, mm-hmm. but it it took me a good while to finish it. And then I played it the second time, and it took maybe two sittings. Yeah, for me. And I don't even sit and play video games for that long. Maybe two hours, three hours. Yeah, because I think my first playthrough took me a little around seven or eight hours. Yeah. And even then, that was on the slower side, according to some people on the internet, yeah. which is like, goddamn. And then, yeah, just like I went through that game, and I beat it under two hours. I did it with only melee weapons. The only thing I'm missing are just the collectibles, but it's definitely... If you, it's don't, f- you don't feel a pull to grab no. any of that stuff anyway. No. Resident Evil, so far, has always been a... If it's, under, if it's 40 bucks, grab it. If it's cheaper, fucking tell your friends and grab it with them. The only thing I will say is uh, if it's $40, uh, Resident Evil 3 is still not worth it. No, yeah. Resident Evil 3 is the only one that is just like, that's a $20 at most. $20. It, I mean, it is very much like two to three hours of gameplay. Yeah. Your so. first playthrough would probably take you six to eight if you were on the slower side. Yeah. But after that, you can definitely, I can, I can do it on the hardest difficulty in under four hours. Yeah, for sure. But that that's it for the episode. Yep, that is it. You can follow us on our website, knockamapod.com. That's N-A-K-A-M-A-P-O-D.com. You can find our Instagram and all of our socials there, our personal socials as well, as well as links to all of Salad Bites Media's other podcasts. But until next time, thank you guys for listening. Bye.